1: great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy of our worship. He alone is worthy of us tuning in right now. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Thank you for being with us. With me, Kevin, just a few feet away. Good morning, Kevin.
2: Good morning from a wet South Carolina, (laughs) but it's not cold. Hallelujah.
1: Yeah, there's been a transformation, people. Okay, now we're back to normal South Carolina weather. I went to the gym this morning. I think I left the house. uh, It it was 6 o'clock hour somewhere thereabouts, and it was 58 degrees, and it was pouring. And I said, you know, God, I was going to complain about the rain. Then I remembered I was just praying, give us. Back, South Carolina. (laughs) Give us back that warm weather. And that's exactly what he did. So, all this rain is coming down. So, today, as we look at words and things of that nature, we're talking about the resurrection, really the importance of the resurrection. And we need to remember that the resurrection or Christ being resurrected up to heaven uh, underscores the central event in our Christian faith. This is what it's all about, folks. This is our foundation. This is our belief system. This is what it's all about. Christ, without Christ's resurrection, I'm not sure if we have Christianity. a matter of fact, we don't. The Bible called uh, throughout there was going to be a resurrection. And, uh, friends, I want you to know something. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that we serve a God uh, that was resurrected and can resurrect us. You know, there's a couple people in the Bible, Kevin, that never— never died the old fashioned way. They just got called out. I was reading about Elijah the other day. Can you imagine Elijah just just up in the air, brother? Mm. He just just went right out that way. Drove straight up there. <laughs> No death. He was just raptured right up there, folks. And <laughs> and uh, let me tell you, that's the God we serve. Over in John 11, 25, it says, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were not dead, yet he lives.' So so Christ is going out of his way to say, hey, listen, I'm the resurrection you read about in the Old Testament. I'm the resurrection you're talking about. That's me and the life. Because, I, because of the resurrection, I give life. Uh, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall live. I don't know about you folks, but you know what the Scripture says when a Christian dies? That we're never more alive. The Bible says, Kevin, that we pass from death unto life. Over in 1 Thessalonians, in, in chapter 4 and 14, it says, If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. He's bringing us all, brother. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's going to be a time. You know, we are... I don't know about you, Kevin, but I, I, I know Kevin's going to be looking for his mom and his dad and mm-hmm. family members. Praise as soon as God. we find Jesus, I'm going family hunt. Yeah. As soon as I get, you know, as soon as I go find and worship my Lord, I, I have a feeling that, you know, it says that we're going to know each other in heaven. So yeah, that's going to be great,
2: brother. It is. Wow. And, you know, I think, too, you just said so well about the future resurrection. And I, I'm, I'm amazed, too, that over and over in the New Testament that, Jesus Christ <clears throat> um, his resurrection is given to us for practical sanctification you talked about practical yesterday but practical sanctification because it says <clears throat> the resurrection of Jesus Christ it says that the, the, even the power this is Ephesians 1 the power that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead that now worketh in us word who believe. So he now works in us, word who believe with the resurrection power. We covered that several months ago, but this is what uh, Paul said. Now, if we be dead with Christ, that's union with His death. We didn't yeah. die physically. We believe that we shall also live with Him. Live how? Live spiritually. You say, how, how do you know it's not talking about the future? Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead, doth di- no more death, hath no more dominion over Him. For in that He died, He died into sin once, but in that He liveth, He liveth unto God. Likewise. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed in sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And again, all through the scriptures, 2 Corinthians thirteen four. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you, So I wanna focus just on that thought when we talk about resurrection. It's a trauma blessing that you are not staying in that, and it's the plan of God to actually get through this and come out of it on resurrection ground. In other words, while you're still alive, to come out of it on a higher level of faith, a higher plane spiritually. That's why we're going through trauma. And it's not just for us, it's for others, too, because it says we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. So Paul's saying, all right, you guys, you watched me in weakness go through, in essence, a crucifixion, because he said Christ was crucified through weakness, we're weak in him. We shall live with him. So he's saying, no, I want you to watch because I've done some suffering. You've seen some stuff. Y'all have put me through some junk, y'all Corinthians. He said that over and over. Y'all have crucified me, basically, with with, uh, slander and libel and that kind of thing. He said, I want want you to watch God work in me because God's not done with you. He is going to get me through what y'all have done to me, and y'all are going to be amazed by the power of God. The, and and that just, <clears throat> Doug, that arrests my attention. That God is so sovereign, like you talked about yesterday, that He is able to not only get us through trauma and make us better, but also get us through trauma and and prove to the detractors that God is a great God, and you better not mess with him anymore. you messing with Paul? You're messing with Paul's God. <laughs> He's going to come through this thing. And how about you guys? Are you, are you willing to die to self? Because Paul was a good example of it. And, Doug, I want to be an example of someone that's willing to die with Christ to self so that I can resurrect and kind of prove the point that God's right and honorable.
1: You know, our God has been much maligned uh, throughout time, still is, uh, our God has been through all that. But those of us who accept Christ, uh, remember Romans chapter 8 talks about, but the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. And uh, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that delivereth in you. Man, mm. that's, a, that's a promise right there, Kevin, that we, we can bank on, man. The, yeah. uh, you know, he, he that raised up God. He's got your back. That's what that's saying, you know, <laughs> that when the, when this old body, and, and they get old and, and they fail, and, and Kevin is real close to that right now. It's still kind of raw. His mom just recently uh, went to her final resting place up there with Jesus, and she's probably never been more uh, <laughs> happy. Never, High I guarantee you. Yeah. But, you know, to have the spirit, Kevin, that raised up Jesus, it dwells with us.
2: Yeah, you know, not real long ago, I was in a conversation with someone, and they they, uh, they were just, they were kind of, they were a detractor. I'll put it this way. They were a detractor. They were saying some things, and they were questioning my honesty. And it got to the point where I was like, if you, you know, if you think that this is dishonest, and by the way, I checked with some other people. I was like, do you think that this is what I said? Do you think? And they're like, I don't think it's dishonest. So anyway, I just thought, I have an idea. I'm talking to someone that I can't win with. You ever talk to someone like that? You just, yeah. you're not going to win. You're not going to be good enough. You're not going to be right enough. You're going to be humble enough. You're not going to be bold enough. Yes. You know, <laughs> But, you know, the temperature's too hot in church. Temperature's too cold. You will not win. But it was one of those situations. When I trode that it was a, um, a an unwinnable situation, catch-22, and I said, you know what? You're right. Maybe I'm just a liar. <laughs> <laughs> they basically said, there you admitted it now what's God telling you about? I mean it was just one of those hyper spiritual you ever talk someone's just so yeah. so full of themselves spiritually that you just cannot be uh, wrong enough for them to think that you're right oh. you cannot be right enough for them yeah. to so anyway I just I thank the Lord that God gave me just perfect peace after that conversation And I pray that that individual knows Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But after that conversation, I think they do. I really think they do. But, you know, there's other things at stake sometimes. There's another agenda behind things. That When when stuff gets wonky, there's something else there. But, you know, I think that the main thing is that we just – Realize that God's honor is bigger than our honor and his ability to see it through for the glory of his son, Jesus Christ is the un, um, we cannot compromise that. Let God have his
1: way. Now we can. I remember years ago, I was in Heidelberg, Germany, and this uh, fellow Christian asked if he could meet with me and I said, that'd be great. And so we, we grabbed a couple cups of coffee there at the PX in Heidelberg and, we were sitting out there on this bench, and for the next 25 minutes, this guy scolded me on what he called real Christianity. He uh, he spoke with tears in his eyes about the uh, theological system called TULIP and how it changed his life. He, he talked about being so holy he could see Christ face-to-face. Of course, you know, I would stop him at times and say, wait a minute, the Scripture says. And then when he got all done doing that, I'll never forget what he did. He reached in his pocket and pulled out a cigarette. And uh, he said, I'm going to go grab a beer, but I hope I was a help to you today. And uh, folks, I got to tell you there, you know, there's all, it takes all kinds to make up Christianity. And certainly I think the guy was saved, but I do know this for sure. I do know that God gives us everything we need to bail out of here uh, and it's going to be good. So hang with us. We'll be right back.
0: Doug will return shortly.
1: Yeah, so as we move forward, as we continue on with the verse-by-verse study of the life of Christ, we find ourselves entering a new chapter, chapter 20 of the book of John, verses number 1 through 4, and it says, The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early. When it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, she's like me, she gets up early, and seeth that the stone taken away from the sepulchre, from the tomb. Remember, sepulchre is a word for tomb. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. So she runs over to Simon Peter, and she runs over to John, and she says, He's gone! Peter, therefore, went forth with the other disciple and came to the sepulcher. And uh, so they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and come first to the sepulcher. There's an example here that always catches my attention when we talk talk about this. You know, hey, John was a young, healthy guy. Peter was an old man. John scooted <laughs> right down to that tomb. Peter kept probably a pretty good jog going, but he got there, and John didn't go in there. He was waiting for the old dude. And and uh, sometimes old dudes rule. I want you to know that. Remember that. Old dudes rule. (laughs) So some things are going on here. This is resurrection morning. This marks the early morning of the first day of the week, which is the day Jesus' resurrection is supposed to take place. We were told it was going to happen. It's, a you know, again, another one of those pivotal moments that we build on, that we live on. Now Mary Magdalene gets down there, and she's devoted, man. She's the first one to arrive at the tomb. She found the stone had been rolled away, indicating something extraordinary in one way or another happening that's what mary's thinking mary's running Mm -hmm. out of there saying man what did they do with my lord what did they do with his bible Can you imagine that folks and uh, then and then mary saw the empty tomb she immediately ran to inform peter and the other disciple we know in the book of john that john calls himself the one that christ loved (laughs) and uh, christ really loved him and he loved all of us really but christ loved him so much that he put his mother's charge Uh, to him as we remember again the importance of the resurrection central event in christian history without that resurrection folks we don't have anything without that resurrection we're missing something but it was there and so a couple points i wrote down real quickly here's the importance of the resurrection mary's devotion lord help us to be devoted like mary swift action how people took off uh, immediately Peter and John take off to head down there. You know, uh, the different reactions, you know, of people, and, uh, but it all comes central back to the resurrection. You know, people are going to run differently, act differently, people in the faith, but we're all brought together. And then the resurrection, this is a note I wrote down as I pass it to Kevin here. I wrote down the resurrection as a turning point. So this is a turning point in the, in the history of all Christianity. It's the moment the disciples begin to realize that, hey, this is the reality. You know, Jesus has been resurrected, and, and this transforms the understanding of him, his mission. I don't think, you know, Kevin, I've been raised as a Christian for the last mm-hmm. 33 years. I've been raised as a Christian, always talking about the resurrection, always knowing about the resurrection, looking backwards at the crucifixion, in the resurrection. I've been looking backwards at it. Mm-hmm. These disciples, and they see the miracles. They see the different things going on. They saw Judas sell them out. Uh, they saw all those different things going on, mm-hmm. but it became real when the tomb was open, brother.
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I remember there was a song years and years ago um, by Don Francisco. He's, He's alive. you oh, <laughs> remember that song. God. <laughs> Yeah. I remember I was at a church in Orlando back in 93, and there was a guy, Brother Frick, at that church. It was his name, but he uh, – I think it was his name. But anyway, he um, – Freak, Frick, something like that. I think it was Frick. But anyway, he was the song. He stood up and sang that song. Of course, there was a soundtrack in the background because yeah, you're going to do it. But anyway, he uh, – that song, you know, just the, the idea of being uh, Peter and um, to go from – despondent to he's alive he's alive and i think it's interesting that john did outrun him peter was probably upper body strong because he's this man of the ship it's hard to run too far you know in a 13 foot or 22 foot skiff uh, fishing boat but but john um you know he was a distance runner spiritually peter was a sprinter spiritually as well but um john got there first and peter and 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 through deference through deferring John let Peter go in, and I keep up thinking that John's like, okay, I outran, and I'm going to sit here and go, okay, you know, like any second now Peter will be here. Is he here? And then Peter comes in huffing and puffing, what? And John's like, yeah, you got to look inside there. And uh, and John's probably thinking, if I don't let him go in first, I'll never hear the end of this, you know. The, you know, he's got to be the first. He's got to be the first. So, uh, anyway peter went in and it just turned out to be so wonderful for everyone to see that you know it doesn't record him walking out of the grave doesn't record him flying out of the grave doesn't record anything it just says he was gone radical fact jesus christ did not stay in the tomb and um yeah, he took the keys of death and hell as it were and shook them in the face of Jesus, uh, in the face of Satan and um, cuz he had gone during those 3 days between the last verse of chapter 19 and the first verse of chapter 20 there's 3 days and 3 nights and during that time he went down to the heart of the earth and it says preach to the spirits that were in prison and when he came out, it says in the book of Revelation, amen, and I have the keys of death and hell. So he went down there, took the keys of death and hell, shook them in the face of Satan, and uh, led captivity captive, you know, opened up the cells, as it were, took him out, and um, how do we know that happened how do we how can we be sure it wasn't some spiritual weird event because it says after the resurrection of jesus the bodies of many of the saints which were dead came uh, uh, awakened and came out of the grave and showed themselves unto many that were in jerusalem so there was like something big took place after the resurrection but this experience was a uh, a proof that peter had not believed in vain and though he had failed this was something that would make Peter say, you know what? All the traumas in life are worth it if he's alive. All the failures are worth coming back to Jesus Christ yeah. because he's alive.
0: Yeah.
1: Boy, that's where it's at. And it? You know, years ago, I heard a preacher preach on Easter Sunday, the death of death. That's what happened right there at the resurrection, and at the death of death. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, again, you know, what do we do with all this? What's the practical stuff? You know, the practical stuff is that we zoom in 100% center that, are, that are, we're laser focused on our relationship with Jesus Christ, understanding that, uh, that we've got a free ride as well. You know, we because we accept Jesus Christ, that same spirit dwells within us and is going to take us to heaven. So, even in the worst of times, let's live laser focused on the resurrection and it provided death over sin. It was the death of death and be laser focused on that. I think there's a practical side there. And, and I think be devoted like Mary, you know, as mm. we live our life, there's so much I've learned from Mary Magdalene. There's so much I've learned from Mary, the mother of God I said, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And, uh, uh, but be devoted like Mary, you know, Mary said so many of us come from places, uh, when we became Christians, you know, I came from the world, God reached real deep when he saved me. And, and, uh, I'm going to tell you something, yeah. sometimes I let that get in the way of my walk with God and Mary, mm. Mary's like, Nope, I'm not going to have any of that. You know, mm. I'm all in where Jesus is, I'm going to be at. Folks, practically, and, and don't hold these things you went through. People have been through junk. I get it. Relationships, craziness, hating each other, killing each other, divorces, life. You know, we could name a hundred words here that would make you cringe right now. But can I tell you one person who doesn't cringe? Christ. Mm. Just be devoted. Yeah. Just step out. And have swift action. When you need it at church, when you need it somewhere, I love the swift action there. Old Peter and John, they just took right off. You get this feeling like they were readily available. You know, Mary knew right where to go. Mm.
2: And, and here's
1: Peter and John. And right away, they moved in on the cause. They moved out smartly. I, you know, probably in my mind, I'd be thinking, oh, Mary's crazy again. You know, Mary's back with the hooch. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man, be devoted. Yeah. Serve God. On this day, serve God. On every day, serve God. We sure do love you folks. It's an honor that you tune us in and, and uh, we count you all to be among our better friends. May God bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Health for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at woundedspirits.com. May God bless you.